Hello, welcome back to the Money Bear Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Chloe Bear, money coach on the internet. And I just realized my microphone's not connected. Let's try this one. Okay. Now it is connected. In the background, if you guys are watching our YouTube channel, which shout out to the four of you who do, my cat Cash is uh, like licking his bowl clean. So we might get a little cash action today. I'm not sure if he's in the mood to like go take a nap or something, but we'll see. We'll see. He has a tendency to just like come over to my laptop and like lay down on the keyboard. (laughs) The audacity of cats. Like where do kittens get all of their confidence? They're so confident for having such little life experience. But I guess, you know what? I guess that's what made us confident in our youth too. (laughs) those children out there with all the confidence in the world with no life experience. And then it all gets slowly torn away from us. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm a pretty confident person these days, I would say, but it's something I've had to work towards because I used to be like that fake kind of confidence where it was like the fake it till you make it kind where it's like very up and then your face, throw it at you, show you just how confident I am. This like, loud confidence, I would say, which was really a fake confidence for me because I was never truly happy. I was never truly confident. I was very insecure at that time in my life, but it's kind of like that you've got to fake it till you make it situation. And now my confidence these days, the older I've gotten, the more therapy I've gone through, you know, the way that I have built this life for myself, my confidence is a lot quieter now, which just like, yeah, I know I'm the shit. I don't have to prove it to anybody. And I will say I have to remind myself of that when I'm dealing with like trolls. Every once in a while I get a nasty email or a nasty message. And, you know, I'll have this inclination to feel like I have to prove myself to the person who's like clearly dedicated to not understanding me and not interested in understanding me. And it's not like I have to prove myself to anyone or make anyone understand me. But in those instances, I still get like that initial trigger that's like, go prove yourself to this person. Tell them what a good person you are. And it's like, no, I let my results speak for itself. And can you guys hear him scratch? We're getting some ASMR, some cash scratching on his scratching cactus back there. (laughs) See, we should have known from the beginning that I was planning on moving to Tucson deep down in my heart since the very first toy I got cash was a cactus, a cactus scratching. Okay. He's laying down guys. He's laying down. We're fine. We're in the clear, I think. So anyway, if you're new here, welcome back. Or I guess if you're new here, it's not a back, but welcome to the money bear podcast. This is where we talk about all things money, and this is our quick tip episode where I give you guys a little life update of Chloe Bear, and then we dive into a quick money tip that you can take and use yourself. So today's quick money tip, I will say, is going to apply mostly to our high-income earners, but it might be something that sparks interest in folks who are kind of working their way to a high income or have aspirations of retiring early and know that, you know, they've got a road ahead of them. Today, we're going to be talking about the 60-30-10 rule budget, and it will probably turn off a large portion of you because it's extreme. I'm not going to lie. It is extreme, but we'll talk a little bit about why it's extreme here in a few. And this is not my favorite budget. Let me tell you that. This is just a budget to help people retire faster, 
pay off debt faster, be work optional faster. But before we get to that, we'll do a little life update. So if you've been following me on my Instagram stories, I'm recording this on April 10th. And last week, I was in Mexico for my brother's wedding. And this is something that like, has been in progress, a work in progress for almost two years, I want to say they got engaged about two years ago. And from the second that they got engaged, I just couldn't wait for the wedding because they're such a fun couple. Their friends are so nice. You know, it's just this, it's our first family wedding. And so I was just excited for it and it lived up to the expectations. I didn't think I'd be going to the wedding sober, but it ended up being an even better experience because I was sober. So it was all in all a wonderful week spent in Mexico with my boyfriend. He was the life of the party at the wedding. And we got to do some fun adventures like ATVing and jumping into some cenotes while we were there. So it was a really good time. I think it was the first time in a while that I've taken a real break. Like all I did last week was honestly, all I did was post on Instagram. And even then I only posted once a day. So it was a pretty easy week for me. And I haven't done that in a while. So it was nice. I feel rejuvenated. Some things that I had been waiting on to finish are now finished. And so I'm just feeling like, okay, things are a little calmer at the moment, knock on wood. So I'm feeling good, feeling refreshed. And, um, yeah, just definitely thankful for my sobriety. I feel like my sobriety allowed me to be more present at the wedding more than I ever have been at that kind of event before. And going to an all-inclusive resort was also like a scary challenge for me because in the past, all-inclusive resorts were really centered around drinking. It's like you go and you show up and you get a drink at the pool and then you get a drink by the beach and then you just drink all day long and then you drink all night long and then you repeat the process in the morning. And I have never gone to a resort, an all-inclusive resort, sober. And doing it the first day was hard because it was like my initial desire was to do what I always do is just to get a drink and like join the fun. But after the first night where I was sober the entire night and the next morning, I woke up without a hangover, without even like a little bit of fogginess. I was like, this is great. Even as we were sitting at breakfast, I just turned to my boyfriend. I was like, this is the first time I've ever been on an all-inclusive resort and not been hungover in the morning. (laughs) Even if they were like small hangovers, it was just, it was such a good feeling to get to that point where it's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm awake. I'm present. There's nothing fuzzy. We did end up getting sick at the end of the trip. So, you know, I still ended up having that experience. But for the majority of the trip, just feeling my best and feeling good was lovely. I didn't have any anxiety. I wasn't worried that I'd say something stupid to someone. You know, I just overall felt really good. So I think my sobriety is here to stay, guys, because the benefits they're just so clear to me. And also telling you guys about it helps me stay accountable, but I'm just happier without it. And I actually had more fun without it because there wasn't this constant anxiety of like, well, what am I going to do if I'm hungover tomorrow? Or is this enough to drink? Or I'm too tired. I got to keep the buzz going in order to stay awake. Like there was none of that. And that just made me have a really good time. And I did have a good time. I was dancing my butt off to the point where I was literally sore head to toe the next day. And like people I'm sure at the wedding assumed I was intoxicated. I was not. I was sober as a nun. I was like, think real fast. What's something that's really sober? 
a nun <laughs> or a funeral. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of what's been going on in my life. And yeah, we'll get to it. So we're going to talk about the 60-30-10 budget, which you may have heard of the 50-30-20 budget rule, which I believe we've discussed not that long ago. But the 60-30-10 budget is really for high-income earners who maybe don't have a lot of expenses or who have control over their expenses and they want to reach their financial goals as quickly as possible. We're going to talk about the pros and cons because I think that there are obvious pros from a mathematical standpoint, but there are also a lot of cons from a behavioral standpoint, from a extremism standpoint, from a stressing yourself out standpoint. So I kind of want to dive into both. So the idea behind the 60-30-10 budget rule is that you are investing or saving about 60% of your income. You heard me right. Not 50%, not 30%, not 20%, 60 freaking percent. Everybody immediately signs off and closes this podcast because they're like, that's impossible, Chloe. But I just want to talk about the rule. I'm not suggesting this rule. I'm more giving it to you as something to think about and something to realize there are people out there who are doing it. And sometimes hearing that can encourage you to save just a little bit more. If this person's doing 60%, then I could do 15. You know, it's kind of like, realizing this extreme exists so that you can then dial it back to whatever works for you and or be inspired. This is how I got into finance was I was so impressed and inspired and in awe and jealous of people who were able to do this kind of thing in order to retire really early. So anyway, back to it. So the 60% of the 60 rule is that 60% should be saved or invested. 30% should be used for things like housing and food, those essential things. And then 10% should be used for discretionary spending. So like travel, shopping, subscriptions that you aren't like a necessity, things along those lines. This, it kind of like flips what we think of our income and our spending ability on its head. It's saying, no, The only thing that's available in your paycheck to spend is 40% of your paycheck. Everything else needs to be invested. Now, conventional investing advice is usually like you should be investing anywhere from 10 to 20% of your paycheck, depending on what your goals are. The 60% is clearly an extremely ambitious allocation, one that most people are not going to be able to do. I don't even do 60%. I think the most I ever was able to get to was like 50%. Maybe at times in my journey, I was up all the way up to 60%, but that's because I was making a lot and I was decreasing my expenses as much as possible. But I do recognize, and I'll say it over and over again, that it's not a realistic goal for everybody. But the idea behind it is for folks who are really ambitiously attacking some kind of goal. And it may be that this is a rule that you use for a season of your life. Like I said, there were a couple of years where I was extremely frugal, even though I was making more money than I ever had before. But I was extremely frugal so that I could live off of 50% of my income so I could invest and save the other 50% of my income. I only did that for like two years, guys. Imagine what could happen if you decided to take a rule like the 60-30-10 rule, obviously adjust it in a way that works for you, but really beef those investing and saving goals up to the extreme 
just for the short term while you're saving for a big goal, while you're trying to catch up on your retirement, while you're trying to do a combination of retiring early or get on the fast track. We know that if you're able to get $100,000 invested by the time you're 30 years old, you're going to have millions in retirement no matter what. But if you're 28, 29, 20, 30, 31, and you're like, oh shit, I'm not there yet. And I need to like, like do as much as I can for the next couple of years so I can chill out a little bit later on in life. This is the kind of like rule that will be helpful for achieving those goals. So because we know that saving those large quantities early on in our investing career can be so impactful and make our journey a lot easier. Well, this may be something that you want to consider. And what I really like about it is that you have to really look at your values. You have to like, if you're trying to live off of 50% of your income or 40% of your income or whatever the amount that it is, you're really going to look at your expenses. Like I have never cut so much. Had you told tell me at the beginning of my like frugality experience that I was eventually going to be able to live off of 50% of my income, I would have never believed you. I would have been like, there's no way. I've already cut back everything that I can. Do you want me to live off of rice and beans forever? Do you want me to like, you know, like suffer? But the thing is, I really got clear on what I valued the most. And I allowed myself to spend money on the things that I valued while cutting back like ruthlessly on everything else. And so I kind of like it in terms of like going to one extreme only to eventually pull back and find your happy medium. Do I think that this is a sustainable long-term rule? No. Are you kidding me? Unless you make a ton of money and saving 60% of your income is easy, probably you're probably not going to stick to this for a really long time. And you guys know my favorite budget is values-based budgeting. Values-based budgeting looks at what is important to you and how can we spend the most money on the thing that's important to you and everything else. Let's just cut out as much as possible. And if you want the blog post, the video, the template, all those free things, you need to go to moneyrightguide.com where we've got a free guide that contains all that stuff. It's got a bunch of information on values-based budgeting and all that good stuff, which is my favorite budgeting rule. But for the 60-30-10 rule, the only reason I would ever consider it is for a short-term goal or if you're an insanely high income earner. So Again, because even if we're looking at like, let's say you have five grand a month of income that comes straight to you, 60%, three grand of that would be going towards your savings and investments. That means you have two grand left over to dedicate to your things like needs and discretionary spending. That's not much unless within that 60%, you're including like your student loan payments, which I would allow. I think I, like when I was saying I was living off of 50% of my income, I was including my student loan payments in there because it's like that wasn't money I was spending. It was money I was essentially paying down my debt on. So it was like it was going towards my financial goals. So that 60%, let's look at it as like all your financial goals, all the money that's going to your financial goals. Well, 3000 is automatically going to that. That means you've got two grand left for your needs and for discretionary expenses. So $1,500 for needs and $500 for discretionary expenses. That, you better hope your rent is cheap. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's not much. It's not much. So again, that's why I'm like, I really don't think that this would work for most people, but 
seeing it as a possibility, seeing it as a way to like kind of ruthlessly attack your income, your spending, like it is motivating in its own way. And for me, it was really motivating. For me, the goal of living off of 50% of my income, it motivated me to cut out stuff that I wouldn't have never considered cutting out, like selling my car, like staying in a smaller apartment, staying with roommates, all of those things. I would have never even considered that if I didn't have this super aggressive goal. And then the other thing that it helped me with was I became obsessed with making more money. I was constantly trying to increase my income in order to meet that 50% goal because it was like, well, there's only so much I can do in terms of cutting back on stuff. But in terms of increasing my income, there's a lot I can do here. So in terms of helping motivate you, I think it's something, I think it's a tool for that, honestly. It's how far can you take this? How far can you go? Now, the dark side of the 60-30-20 rule is we've already kind of We've already kind of, you know, talked about it a little bit, but for a 60-30-10 rule, it's a bit extreme. You can't stick to it forever. And in fact, it may give you anxiety trying to even stick to such a goal like that. So how do you adjust it according to you? Well, maybe it's 20% for saving and investing. Maybe it's 30%. Whatever makes sense for you, but isn't going to be like this stressful thing all the time. There's good pressure and bad pressure. And it's sometimes a thin line between the two. The good pressure is the kind that motivates you to do more, that makes this feel like a game, that makes it feel like this just challenge you got to figure out in order to achieve. That's how it felt for me for two years when I was really focusing on saving or investing half of my income. But eventually I got tired of it. I wanted to live my life. I wanted to be able to do both. And so now I do both, but it's because of those really, those core years of really buckling down that I was able to see such quick progress in such a short period of time. So again, you got to be careful and make sure that you're not stressing yourself out just to stress yourself out. But if you see this and you're like, Ooh, that's cool that people are doing that. Or, Oh, I really want to retire quickly. Use this as motivation. Use it as a goal. Set something that feels like an impossible goal just to try to get as close to it as possible. I promise you, you will be blown away by what you can actually achieve when you set those hard goals. When you look at, like, when you have that set in your brain, you just think differently. You just approach things a little bit differently, knowing, like, I'm trying to save 50% of my income. So, we're going to have to say no to getting nails done this month, you know, whatever it is for you. So anyway, I hope I didn't completely lose you guys with this rule, but I like talking about it from a standpoint of motivation, because I think from a motivation standpoint, giving yourself a rule like that can be a game changer. So that's all I got for you guys this week. Let me know what you think of the 60, 30, 10 rule. Is this something you would ever try? What would be your version of it? Like, what do you think you could do? What do you think is achievable for you about that over at the money bear on Instagram? Or you can always DM me at Clover money coach on Instagram as well. And I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Money Bear Podcast. If you've made it this far, do us a favor, take two seconds, rate, review, and subscribe. It seriously means the world to me. And if you just take a sec to do that, I will appreciate you endlessly. And if you do, let me know on Instagram and I'll thank you personally. So got that. And of course, since we were talking about 
anything financial on this show, please note that nothing on this show is intended as financial advice. I don't know you, unfortunately, and because of that, I cannot tell you what to do with your money. you got to work with a financial professional who knows your situation, who is preferably a fiduciary, and keep in mind that everything that we talk about on this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It's all my opinion. So, there's that. If you want to see our full terms and conditions, head on over to the show notes. And while you're there, we've got free resources for you to get started on your money journey down in the show notes as well, including a free guide to help you with your budgeting templates and budgeting tutorials and investing 101, understanding the different accounts that are out there. All that good stuff is inside of my free guide, which is also available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. And if you're ready to take our relationship to the next level, I am also hosting a monthly investing class. And that investing class, you can find the times we're offering it this month at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. That link is in the show notes as well. And that's where you have the chance to meet me live and ask those money questions live. It's a good time. We've had over 20,000 people as of recording this join or register. And yeah, it's always nice to meet you guys. So I hope to see you there again. All that is available down in the show notes. So thank you again for coming and listening. I appreciate you and I'll see you next week. 